Welcome to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. It's 2020 now, and we've left all that rubbish of 2019 behind us, haven't we? It's a brand new year for Stoke City, and we've kicked it off with a five goals. How ridiculous. As you can probably tell, this this is just a surreal surreal time for this episode I'm your host for today Chris because we think Dave is either on a train somewhere in West Yorkshire or is in the pub either way we're not gonna criticize him if it's the latter because he bloody deserves it because he was probably going wild in the Huddersfield end to uh, today but it's a happy new year to you Tony Lloyd how are you I'm very good, thank you. Happy New Year to you, and Happy Christmas, and Happy scoring five goals in a game, and just Happy everything, and just happiness. Happiness is a thing we have now. We we, we do have happiness. Although I've just realised I've sat really close to my microphone and I've peaked all my recording stuff, so that's going to be fun for you to edit, isn't it? <laughs> How was your festive time? Happy Christmas as well. We've we've kind of had a winter break, I feel, and yeah. good because Stoke. Especially, especially on the game against Fulham, I absolutely mm. hated Stoke, um, <laughs> which was funny because that was like a few days after loving Stoke on Boxing Day. But how was your Stoke aside? How was your festive time? Yeah, really good. We had a nice, quiet one at home. I got a Topher Knowles calendar, so that was obviously a highlight. Bought my bought by my beloved wife. Um, I worked on Boxing Day. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then trooping up and down the country, saw the lovely in-laws last weekend. That was nice. Um, quiet New Year again because I was working today. Um, and then third Christmas at my parents' house coming up this coming weekend. So yeah, it's just been really pleasant. <laughs> so really, your festive time hasn't actually finished yet. You've got no. you've got more to go this I'll weekend. Drag it out. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yes. Well, I think it's, it's nice. Well, I mean, I'm back at work tomorrow, and I think the majority of people have either gone back or are going back tomorrow. So hopefully this podcast will be a nice, uh, jolly accompaniment for that morning commute when you don't really feel like going back to work, but you do feel like thinking about this amazing win today. And, oh, it's so good. So good. I mean, before we talk about the Huddersfield game, there was a few more games over the festive period. We did Mm -hmm. have... The crazy last-minute winner against Sheffield Wednesday that I'm sure we'll touch on. Mm-hmm. We lost to Fulham, and then we've had mm-hmm. this game today. Huddersfield 2, Stoke City 5. Welcome to 2020, everyone. Um, A happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's uh, quickly, um, uh, the, the Boxing Day match. Um, yeah, so the Wednesday game, Yeah, Joe Allen scored, but actually James McLean did. It was that one that was, that was an inch from the line and he smashed it in. Yep. And, yeah, that's fine. Um, and then we let one in straight after half-time, I think, because that's what we do now when we're winning. It's what we do. And then, <laughs> and then we let another one in five minutes after that because that's what we do when we just let the first one in. Um, <laughs> so having led 1-0 at the break, we conceded two goals in eight minutes, mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. Um, after half-time. And then in injury time, Campbell does what 
I would have said this morning was a really good goal, but he's now probably the third best one I've seen him score in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> yep. Um, and then Sam Vokes, everybody's forgotten man, unexpectedly did some good football things, and we won in the 96th minute, and that was very nice. Happy Christmas. It really was. Like, if you were going to write the Boxing Day game that mm. you know you you want to remember this is one that will be remembered for a for oh. a very very long time won't it i mean i would have if today's game hadn't have been as crazy as it was i would have <laughs> thought that this the 3-2 against sheffield wednesday for the last minute crazy limbs moment alone would have gone down as one of the highlights of the season but then this <laughs> new year's day has blown it out of the water a little bit um yeah re- really really i, I want to say really good to come back and win it I do. There are still always the concerns. I mean, the fact that we are so fragile in such periods of time where we just blow up is... I mean, we've seen that all season. Um, but the fact that we are... I don't know if it's a shift in mentality because I, I felt certainly that the Fulham game, we were awful. And as I say, I, I hated us on that game because mm. I just felt we looked r- rubbish. And now you can say that Fulham are a very, very good side when that's true. But... It, that the Fulham game felt like a completely different team to the to today's game, especially. But I think, whereas in the past this season we've gone down and the heads have dropped, and you you feel like it's game over. These the two positive results we've had in the last week or so have really felt like, oh no, we 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 don't feel like we're done when we go behind. Now we can come back into this. And absolutely which is great it's really really yeah. really lovely um oh, it's that... o- i mean it's obviously not a good thing that every no. time we get a a, a, a com- it's always a comfortable lead but still only one goal that we then just ship two goals in <laughs> a minute and absolutely collapse for long enough to be losing from yeah. a, a good winning position but then yeah doing that twice in three games it just shows a fighting spirit and character about the team, which absolutely did not exist at all a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely feels... Uh, again, it may just be this festive period. We could go into the next year and it all <laughs> fall apart. But it certainly feels like um, that th- this team has a little bit of fight about it. Um, and, and, and that was really, really the story of, of today. The first half... Stoke were by. I mean, this game Stoke were by far the better team, in my opinion. The first half, mm-hmm. I felt correct was us, all us, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Stoke do what they do. They <laughs> went one 0 in at half time, came back in the second half, and it really is the second half that we should focus on. Mm. Within the space of, <laughs> yeah. I think, three minutes or something, they go from one nil up to being two one down. But yeah, we it didn't take us too long before Neek Powell. It's got us equalised, and then what a finish as well! Re- yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Campbell runs at a defender, and then instead of running like by running at a defender, I mean he runs sort of towards the defender, but also tries to get past him or around him rather than literally running at the defender until they take the ball off him. Mentioning no names, um, and and then puts a, a a decent cross, but he's just playing it into an area, isn't he? Which is. God, imagine if we had another right-sided winger who actually did that. Um, and then Nick Powell, first time, just 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 nestles in the court. It's just such a lovely, crisp finish. I just 
I mean, everything that goes after it sort of blows it away, but I just really liked that, that Nick Powell goal. Yeah, it was a really, really... If you, if you watch the um, the highlights back, which I have done, there's a lovely camera angle from behind the goal, and oh. it really does show, like, oh, it's quite a tight angle, the finish. Because mm. at first I thought, oh, it was a nice goal, but he just sweeps it in and... Yeah, fine. Uh, he really... It's a small space. It's, it's a really good finish. It really is <laughs> yeah. a good finish. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the finish of the game if it weren't for the the third the goal. Ones. And, and the fourth goal. <laughs> and the fifth goal. And the fifth goal. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's, let's, let's wax lyrically about that third goal then that I'm sure everyone is raving and, and loving. Ball oh. goes in. Keeper comes out to punch it in a Jack Butland fashion. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, <laughs> they, they, I think their keeper wasn't very very good. Let's caveat this point with they were pretty shocking defence-wise today. Huddersfield, this is. Um, mm. But keeper pun- punches it out, falls to Tyrese Campbell, who controls it, lets it bounce half at once, and then just loops it, loops it over all the defenders and the retreating goalkeeper, and it's one of those where you're like, you see people trying it and they never really achieve it. But he certainly did, didn't he? For Stoke. Certainly, <laughs> certainly for Stoke. Yes, exactly. In a, oh, it was such a wonderful, wonderful finish. But then I don't know, for, for me personally, I thought his then second goal where ball is um, played through to him, he's I want, he didn't even one-on-one with the keeper because there is a defender still mm. marking him. But he somehow... Out, sort of outside the box, manages to finish from an acute, a nice angle, but Ooh. just right into the corner again. It's just such a striker's goal. Mm. It's just, it's just such a another really crisp. Fi- it's almost like he's a natural finisher, <laughs> and we should have played him more than we did. After, I mean, he's he's had some time on the naughty step, hasn't he? Um, but yeah, just, just it, it was another really good goal. And then Greggy comes on. Greggy, no. We're 4-2 up, away from home, and we're near the bottom of the league, and we bring a striker on for a midfielder, sort of. <laughs> Can you imagine that being a thing that Stoke do? Bringing a striker, <laughs> and another strike. Well, we're 4-2 up, and we're, we've already shown in the last hour that we're capable of letting two goals in in five minutes, so let's bring another striker on. And he gets criticised for his finishing, Pretty roundly by a lot of people, but that is a <laughs> lovely finish. Just curls it into the court. Just, just lovely, tidy. Bit. Oh, you can, you can always. You, it's one of those goals that describes an angle that you can feel almost as much as you can see it. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, I'm trying to describe it, and I'm just like, oh, it's just, I'm, I'm hugging myself. Just, and espe- oh, especially ooh. then if you, again, if you watch the highlights, the camera is in such an angle where yes. you are almost directly behind him like in the third person and you can see mm. the curve on the ball mm. as it curves round and just goes past the keeper it is a oh. absolutely wonderful wonderful set of goals and yeah what a what a day what a day what a start to 2020 um and i don't know i mean there's a there's a lot to be a lot to be positive really um mm. and 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 in the wider scheme of things we are now getting more within touching distance of the rest of the league we Ooh. we're still out of the relegation zone which is nice we've not uh, gone up any places we are still just one place outside of the relegation zone but 
Um, we do... Uh, now we're narrowing that gap between us and Huddersfield. It, if we'd have lost that today, um, it would have been really difficult. But we are now, I think, four mm. points off them. And right. with a much yeah. better goal difference. So yeah. providing we don't screw up, um, that's a good thing. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's very... It's just really... This game's kind of just blown me out of the water a little bit. Because I was trying to think yeah. of what themes have we seen over the festive period that um, can show what Stoke are going to be like in the year 2020. But... I wasn't expecting this type of game today, um, and it kind of blows all expectations. So, if you were looking at not just this game, Tony, but um, uh, from from the Boxing Day fixture and the Fulham fixture, what things have you seen in Stoke that are improved, and what things do you think? Oh, we definitely need to keep focusing on that. Is there anything? <laughs> Um, there is. I mean, we, we've already touched on on the the fact that we're fighting back rather than crumbling mm-hmm. uh, completely to the ground, which is definitely a good thing. Um, we have. It's. I mean, you 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 mentioned us obviously then losing. Like we do, we've done something good, so obviously we're going to lose. Like the Wednesday game had a real, had all the ha- hallmarks of a turning point. Mm. Which obviously meant that we were going to lose the next game because we don't do we don't do turning points in a positive way. We can't win more than two games in a row ever. It's not allowed. Um, so to then not lose today after crumbling again, it just feels like obviously the Fulham game. The Fulham game just felt like we were knackered. It mm. was the same starting eleven as the the Wednesday game. What three days later, and we just looked. We looked knackered, first half particularly, and it felt like, oh, why, why haven't you not changed your team? That seems like a really bad move. But now we know that we, he was saving the big guns for today. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm, I'm cautiously excited, which yes. is obviously just setting myself up to be ruined. I- yeah, I refuse to say that this game is a turning point only because I have a habit of saying games against Huddersfield where we win are a turning point. And said it for Paul Lambert, said it when we beat um, them in the cup. Like, I'm not, I refuse to say it again against Huddersfield. So it might not be a turning point, but um, there are certainly more um, positive things to be said for this team. We seem to, I seem to think that. Um, Mr. O'Neill is starting to have his his input on the team. It's certainly mm. starting to feel a bit more gritty, I suppose. The the Fulham game aside, because I I don't know. I feel like the Fulham game amongst these this trilogy of games is really the 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 blip because you can you can see that fight back spirit in both the Sheffield Wednesday and the Huddersfield game. I think this Huddersfield game we we controlled the game more, whereas. The Fulham game, it just felt flat. They, as you say, they looked yeah. and felt knackered, and it certainly felt like a team who just weren't at the races for whatever reason. Um, you want to see more of this this team um, going forward because I felt even we've we've talked 
about the, the amazing goals, but I felt <laughs> midfield-wise as well, we seemed to have a bit of um, tenerity about us. We seemed to have a bit of bite, and we were we were winning the ball back. The, the two goals re- that they scored really were an absolute blip. It was a complete heads-gone moment from, from our point of view. It was not in keeping with the rest of the game, because it, once we got the 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 third goal i never mm. felt oh god this is going to be a back and forth game it was no this is us now we'll hold on or we'll get more it felt comfortable to yeah. me and and that is that is good and that's mainly because i think the midfield did their job mm. <laughs> yes uh, we were we were lucky to see um the the wales international joe allen today <laughs> which was nice um and becoming all more common as well so that's a good thing. <laughs> the, uh, Powell, Nick yes. Powell was brilliant. Over the first few minutes, I thought he—he's got that casual look to him, like Matt Letizia used to have, but obviously in a very different player. And he's—he's he's not scoring mega goals, and he is running around and doing tackles and stuff. But he's—he's <laughs> he's just got that casual, oh, do 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 do, little flick, little flick. And it seemed like the other players weren't like he—he he did a little flick out to Campbell in the first half, and Campbell just stopped it was like mm. oh didn't realize you were passing it to me because you didn't move any part of your body the ball just <laughs> came towards you and then you magic the ball in my direction and i just he's if he's yeah i i really like Powell, and if he can continue playing then good i'm i, I assume we've sent duffy back <laughs> which is a bit of a shame because everybody keeps saying oh well everybody all the sheffield united fans will not stop saying how good he is yeah even now and I would have quite liked to see that. Yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, we never really got to see Mark Duffy do anything for us. Uh, no. Uh, but again, we are an overfilled uh, team, and the lone players were always going to be the first to to go if we were trimming a squad down, which is mm. what um, I wanted to call him Martin O'Neill. That's bad. Uh, Michael yeah. O'Neill has, has has said he wants to uh, trim down the squad, and that's and that is kind of where the the first axes fall. Um <clears throat> yeah, the Nick, Nick on the Nick Powell thing, that was certainly the Nick Powell that we'd heard about, the the Nick Powell that we thought we were getting. Now, I think certainly his best game for us. Um whether he can repeat that on a on a weekly basis, we will we will have to see and whether he can remain fit as well. That's the big thing. It um you would I would worry if he is injured who we would put in that place because then you start in the territory where you start putting Joe Allen back there and and I'm not sure I really want that. On Joe Allen cynics in me would say the transfer window is whirling up lots of rumours around him and he might not be here by the end of it Um, so let's not cling all our hopes to to any of the players because who knows who will be here by the end of the window Um, but yeah Yeah, I think all my transfer window notes are players yes. I don't want us to sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not it's... for the first time, but yeah. <laughs> But yes, it was oh, it's just been a really good day. A really fun day. I'm so happy for them. There, <laughs> there it wasn't it wasn't all positives though. As we say, there was the five minutes of, of craziness that we will mm-hmm. that we've spoken about. There was also a very unfortunate incident uh where Huddersfield over the Tannoys um had to 
call on their fans to stop with uh, xenophobic abuse. Uh, it seems now Sky Sports are reporting that it's as a result of uh, chanting against James McLean and Huddersfield are investigating these discriminatory chants. Um, I'll be honest, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I I didn't hear it at the time, but um, I heard the Tannoy announcement and fair you know fair enough Huddersfield need to investigate it it's 2020 we don't have we, we, this this shouldn't be even a conversation that we have to have because i understand I, james mclean is a divisive character sure but that isn't an excuse for half of the abuse that he gets i understand that people will always find him divisive for his politics but it isn't what what is happening is you're not chanting about his politics you're i say you are people who are listening to this podcast aren't i know you're all clever and know better than this and all agree with my very thought out point that i'm now rambling <laughs> off my head but it's it's going in yeah it's going into a discrimination you are not <laughs> i don't I, I mean i'm sure more eloquent people have argued better points than i just leave it out yeah I don't know. Can you illustrate it in a better form than me? I'm certainly not more eloquent. Um, I, I I think he's a divisive figure mostly due to misunderstanding and yeah. bigotry, which is what is being called out here. Like Most of the divisiveness of his politics is the fact that people respond to it by doing that kind of chant. And they do it in every game that he's played yeah. in British football. Ever so, it is good to see like pe- people have been picking up on it on Twitter, particularly in the last few weeks. Rob, particularly, and it's nice, particularly, to see Michael O'Neill talking about it after because yes. he he confirmed it, and I think it's fair yeah. to say that he has a good solid grounding in the basics of Irish politics. Yes, certainly better than mine. Yes, and probably, was, yeah. and and with and with respect to anyone from the Huddersfield fan base who who was chanting about it, probably more of an understanding than most Huddersfield or maybe even Stoke fans, let's say. Yeah. Like yeah. All of them. It's yeah. I mean I've, no you don't need me to tell you that Irish politics is very complicated and there are many sides who believe in many different things. But that it, it, even then, I feel like I'm I'm excusing some of it, and I'm I don't mm. mean to be. It shouldn't happen, and the sooner it's all cut out of the game, the better. If honest, it's it's almost impossible for us as two British people mm. with no direct real experience of the <laughs> Irish. Yeah. yeah, it's almost impossible for us <laughs> to really discuss without going. I'm not sure if I'm saying something that is in fact bad, exactly. and not realizing it. And I, I think a, a lot of, I think a lot of the chanting, everybody joins in because they don't realize that it's bad. Yeah, there's, yeah. I think well, there's, there's quite a lot of that, and I, I think this is a good source for education, or it would be if we knew enough to. Well, this is it, and you only you know need I mean. to you only need to go on Twitter and look at the the Sky Sports announcing that Huddersfield are going to be uh, investigating it. You just need to look at some of the replies to it to understand that it, 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 the understanding around this is uh, <laughs> it isn't there. People don't regard it in the same way as I don't know 
racially abusing uh, mm. a person based on on their um, ethnicity or yeah their their I was going to say religious background, but it does cross into that. This, yeah, there, there is it's 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 bigotry and and yeah. it's not, there's no place for it really. Um, not in football, not in society. Like just leave it in 2019 with the rest of the horrid stuff that happened in 2019. Let's, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. More eloquent yeah. people will probably say better things than than us. That leave is for it sure. to Michael O'Neill. He 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 will tell us. Yes. <laughs> he will guide us through yes. Irish politics and football. Um, right then, <laughs> moving swiftly okay, on before yeah. we get in trouble. Uh, right, so New Year then, Tony. New New, new Year, new us, and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> we're reluctant to say that 2020 is a new era for Stoke, but um, do we feel... It definitely is. Oh, God, why have you done that? <laughs> Because I enjoy the chaos. The, you, yes, you are just an <laughs> emblem of chaos. Um, one thing I did really like was um, O'Neill chatting about wanting to include players like Josh Tymon, Tyrese Campbell, Tivo Verlinden, young players, build a, build a squad around them. And what I like there is that this isn't just a manager playing to the fans saying, oh, yeah, 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 I want to I wanna play some young players. It's the fact that he sees this as a long-term thing to bring these players back in and play them and support the, their growth. Um, we saw what Tyrese is capable of today, and, and Tyrese Campbell is still a very, very raw player, but I would ideally, in this next year, like to see him get tied down to a new contract. Um, I'm not sure if his, his dad's a fan of that idea, but Tyrese is showing some, some real promise. Uh, he, as I say, still raw, but... I mean, look at the impact he had today. You surround him with players who are further in their senior career. I think he'll flourish. Um, so young players, yeah. great thing. Transfer window is now open. So with that in mind, Tony, with young players apparently coming back in and some players apparently going out, what do you think Stoke need to do in this next month, transfer window-wise, and longer term between now and the end of the season what would you like to see Stoke do I am very excited about youth as well um, and thanks to Gareth Dykes long time listener first time Twitter reply <laughs> who was asking about left backs um, I've been banging the drum all season and some of last season but I think time and is the answer I think he was good against Shrewsbury and then he got hooked off in one game to change the system this time around and then sort of bombed out a phobie style because the crowd got on his back so in my opinion at least I thought in a couple of games that I saw him play he really looked like aware of what was going on around him as like he was ready to break forward but he was always like keeping track of where people were behind him which is like a fairly rare thing for us um Verlinden is also the answer um <laughs> I I wouldn't say no to uh, uh, Camp. I mean Campbell. It's important not to put too much pressure on him at the minute. But Christ, yes. he can finish. So yeah, if we can keep his dad on the side, always loved you, Kevin. By the way, even when you were at Arsenal, um, then sign him up, please, uh, with lots of add-ons and clauses. <laughs> um, I wouldn't say no to having Suter back, 
but I'm okay with three from Lindsay, Bruno and Ryan at centre-back, I think. Um, so maybe he's better off staying at Fleetwood where he's playing every game. He's from Aberdeen, you know, have I mentioned that before? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to sell any of those players for a start. I can't see how is going to stay seeing as he's been yeah. so far away from the team since he played really well in Anil's first game, which is a shame. Um, I wouldn't say no to another right-sided winger just to push Tom Ince a bit further away from the side. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, Paul Ince, but I never liked you, even though you were quite good. Um, I guess Dreamland would be to sell Tom Ince, then? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, do you um, know what? Yeah, I, I'm going to interrupt you there, because it, it's, I, I've never felt positive about Tom Ince. I never felt like he's really delivered too much in a Stoke shirt. I don't know who would who would buy him, but um, I would certainly be up for him going, replacing him with a, a winger. Uh, Bailey Dickens on Twitter says he'd like a, a, a... I say Bailey Dickens. I hope that's a he or a she. I don't know. Bailey can be a, a either name. I'm sorry. It can be a they. That's it could fine. be a they. They have said a right-footed winger and a left-back signed, please. Now, right-footed winger, yes, absolutely. Left-back... I do feel like having Tymon there and Ward there and Bruno there as like the final case kind of stacks us up in that regard. And I would rather see if if um, Michael O'Neill sees Tymon as a decent prospect, I would rather see him get game time because I don't believe that uh, he's as bad as has been made out to be he was he, he suffered under that game under Nathan Jones where he got hooked off at half time when they changed the formation and I think that that's kind mm. of suffered uh, he, his reputation has suffered as a result but I would like to see Tom Ince go which is sad um, in terms of midfielders I worry that if a Tabo goes we won't replace him however I think if a Tabo and Allen go there they would Need, look at replacing them I would hope anyway um, Charlie at Sad Stoke fan on Twitter has uh, when when asked what would you like Stoke to do in this transfer window has said sell all of the shite that want out we don't need them in the club bring back Valinden, tie down Tyrese, bring back Tymon, not a lot of money really has to be spent if any and then maybe replace uh, centre midfielder if Atebo or Alan go which I, I agree with. I mean, we've already... I say we've already seen Badu and Dai go. Have the club even... Have the club announced that? I don't think so, but I miss him already. Well, he's he's put it on they'll, Instagram that he's in Turkey, yeah. so, so we can they'll assume... They'll love him like I did. <laughs> no, no, you made a song about him. Yeah. Serves us right, I guess. He So he's gone. Um, Atebo probably on the way out. Alan linked with... David Moyes' West Ham because that's the most West Ham signing ever um, so yeah sorry I interrupted you while you were talking about who who we can uh, or who or what we can bring in um, I certainly feel that's, like yeah. we're stacked a little bit in players not necessarily all good but I, I think more have to go before we bring people in yeah I uh, you interrupted, but at the same time as you interrupted, uh, work phoned me up and I got called out. So I was interrupted for two <laughs> sides at once. Um, but yeah, I... Um, is Imbula back? Or coming back? Is that, I should have asked Tom. I don't... 
I don't. I think Imbula is done. Surely. Uh, yeah, I do, I do. But I thought it'd be funny because Tom will <laughs> listen and go, oh, and then everybody else will have a go at him. Um, I controversially, personally, don't think I would sell Joe Allen. Mm-hmm. I know that when I say this, everybody will think. Yeah, but that's not a reason to keep a very highly paid footballer who's underperformed <laughs> for years. But on the pre-game video where they're all walking into the dressing room, everyone walks past and you've got your, some, like your Tom Ince's, head down, avoiding any kind of on- eye contact uh, with the camera. And then you get Rory Delap, who's got a big smile. All right, lads. <laughs> and then lots more head downers. And then Joe Allen, who wishes all the press guys a happy new year. Which is, then, which, I mean, no one, like no one's that. doubting that he. Listen, no one is doubting that Joe Allen is not a nice person. That no one has ever said, "Oh yeah, Joe Allen, he's a horrible bastard." Like, no, he he comes across as a most lovely, lovely human being. Uh, the the issue with Joe Allen, from my opinion, anyway, is that up until the last few games, I don't believe that his. Uh, overall contribution to the team has really helped us while we've been in this downward no, spiral. I, I know he yeah. scored plenty of goals and I know plenty I know again it's a divisive issue, but that's just how I feel. The 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 issue with Joe Allen is, as you say, he's a very highly paid player in a team that will some at some point see financial fair play uh, yeah. restrictions if we don't go back up. And let's be honest, that isn't happening this season. So <laughs> we have we have to be realistic and think that this team, um, this this sorry, the board, the Tony Skulls will be looking to see how we can balance the books. Um, uh, Robin Tunstall hashtag Skulls out. That's his name on Twitter mm. at the moment. Uh, says that <laughs> for for 2020 and for the he would like uh, Stoke to show uh, James McLean actual support against uh, the racists. He'd like to you, Tony, to release an EP of Stoke City related material. Uh, and on this point, he says, for financial fair play, not to naughty word, do us. Uh, do us. Yeah. Uh, that would be nice. So maybe loads of selling this year. Any more loans out, and I'll scream hashtag skulls out. I mean, there's been a lot of anti Tony Skulls chat over the over the, this period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly feel it's a discussion we should probably have on a different podcast uh, because I'm worried that you now have to go to work. But no, I don't. I, no, no. My, my my attention was briefly divided, but I'm I'm. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Um, what you, you have my full devo- and only very slightly divided devoted, attention devoted to the <laughs> podcast. Well then, okay. Yes. Well then, let's briefly touch on the Tony Skulls uh, chants that have happened. He's come under quite a lot of stick in the recent uh, few weeks. He's not a popular figure. Um, uh, I don't really know what to say on it. I don't feel I'm too informed about his actual role in the club. I see, I know a lot of people know more than me on it and I kind of don't want to comment too much because I don't really know what Tony <laughs> Skulls is. Um, <laughs> I, just, yeah. I, don't, I don't really yeah. I don't really get it. Uh, is, he pay, was it him who got a pay rise? Not a pay rise. He got 150 yeah. grand pension payment, which, which I saw. And just on a on a on that note, oh, people <laughs> were saying, oh, it wasn't a pay rise. It was he he was given this money to pay into a pension pot. That's still a Free bonus. Is, yeah, that's still a yeah. bonus, is it not? 
I wish yeah. I had 150 yeah. grand to put into a pension pot. Do you know yeah. what that does for your pension? It'd be incredible. Uh, it massively <laughs> improves it by approximately 150 grand. Yeah, and they usually, <laughs> and, yeah, and they usually are in the form of you don't just get given that. That's a form of a bonus. And what's he being paid a bonus and it's, for? It's tax free if it's a pension, isn't it? it, it well, yes, it is, Tony. Well remembered. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously he'll have to pay more tax if he takes it out when he retires because he'll be in the higher earners back thing. That's a bit of work-related stuff yeah. going back in. I'm back at work tomorrow. Got to get my head back in the game. Um, but no, I don't, I don't feel I'm as educated enough to, to talk about what Tony Scholes does. But it certainly feels like, from a transfer side of things, uh, this club has been run in a pretty poor manner. I mean, just the last few years, this club's been run in a pretty poor manner. Um, yeah. And that, the, the the book has to stop somewhere. We've had several managers, um, we've had several players, and here we are in this situation where we're fighting relegation in the championship. It isn't a good thing. So, no. And you only need to look at what other teams have done. You, I'm thinking West Brom, where they've gone down, they've looked at the, the higher ups in the club and got rid of them, and now they are on their way to a... They're performing better than us, let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I also don't feel very informed, apart from knowing a tiny bit about pensions from a previous life. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's... he's. I don't really know what he does, but he is basically at the top. Therefore, he, by definition, should bear some responsibility for the failings of the people he has appointed. That said, he has, he has the club have got rid of Cartwright and brought somebody else in, who has not yet had a transfer window. So, perhaps he's in fact doing his job mm. in that respect and got rid of his mate and has got somebody else in who's actually good at finding players or getting players in to suit a system but we'll have to revisit that probably in three or four years or longer I I, I think if he had a more inspirational voice he'd get less grief <laughs> and that's the important know. thing isn't it really you know, he, got... he's a figurehead a bit, isn't he? And he he's is. Like, oh, yeah. Well, football's a very interesting game, and I've got he... 150 grand tax-free in my pocket. <laughs> so, <laughs> as the C, I'm imagining as the CEO of a football club, whilst the the board sit there and are like governing how the club is run, he is the person who runs the club on a day-to-day basis, and so he would appoint the director of football. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not. My my knowledge of how football clubs run is based on on football manager. So that's probably not the most authentic thing to to, to comment on. So yeah, okay, maybe you can't get rid of Tony Scholes on the on football manager though. He's one of the people who's above you. You can't get rid of. You can get rid of the director of football, but you can't get you just, rid of the the board or anything, can you? So just cycle through enough seasons before you start. <laughs> yeah. So he's had to retire because oh, he's I mean, I've no, because I've so I've done. Sorry, tangent. But I've done <laughs> a save where the Coates family sold up Stoke, and the owner of MK Dons came and bought them. And that's not a future that anyone wants. So. Winkleman or yeah. the, 
Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's, that was... Do we move to Milton Keynes? <laughs> Surprisingly, no. Because it's on the M1. On my current, on my current save, because I'm still on Football Manager 17, they've... Sorry, again, <laughs> this is a tangent, but I'm sure other people have had this. Where they're, they're, they're expanding the stadium, and so we've... For the oh, it's going to take all season. So now mm. we've been relocated to Hillsborough. It's like, well, I'm sure, I'm sure there are closer grounds gra- than Hillsborough. <laughs> Hillsborough. That's amazing. Isn't I hope it? that happens. I mean, it'd be good for for us Yorkshire people. But yeah, no, that'd be really convenient for me, and therefore it's a good idea, and we should do it immediately. And in and in my head though, I've had to like rationalise this because I can't just have that as a. Oh yeah, this is a funny quirk. I've had to think. Well, how how are the club making that work then? And so in my head, they're giving free home travel and away travel for mm-hmm. people to get to home games as well. And that's how that's how we've we've coped with it. And the reason why they couldn't do it any closer is because um, uh, no other teams uh, were wanting to deal with us. So <laughs> yeah, because everybody hates us. That's fair yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that is, I mean, despite the relatively short geographical distance as the crow flies. It's a piss of a journey yeah. from Sheffield to Stoke. It really it's is. really bloody inconvenient. You have to go all the way down and then either across through Derby yeah. or further down to Junction 23 and across yeah. all the whole length of the A50, which is a lovely road, but still it's unnecessarily long. <laughs> Unnecessary. Or you go across the tops, which is sort of fun, but if you do it more than... It's, oh. yeah, like, Sorry, Dave, this is a tangent, isn't it? It is a tangent, but... <laughs> I would imagine if if in the situation where the Britannia needed Britannia Jesus needed some uh, the roof blows off or yeah something. and we needed yeah. work and the club announced that we were ground sharing at Hillsborough I think Tony Scholes would also be in for more more grief <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of that reason <laughs> oh dear me that was a nice tangent um we'll yeah. we'll we'll wrap it up very quickly uh, a few more points then Tony do we like this team yet. Because I'm not, I like them today, but my big thing this season is I don't actually know if I like this team. Do you like them now? I like them, but like you said, I'm ready to turn at any point. Um, I'm still, well, a bit earlier this evening, I was trying to find a video of when we beat Swansea in October and Sam Klukas violated Scott Hogan. Um, in that goal celebration because I wanted to show it to a mate and while I did find that and it's still funny I ended up watching the scenes then after the final whistle and that made me really sad so I know it's stupid but I'm still a bit sad about Jones going and I know and I wish this was still this was happening under him but then Michael O'Neill is growing on me now after a a fairly shaky time before Christmas Um, and I am absolutely buying into it and I was buying into it anyway because I've done being miserable about Stoke managers enough in the last <laughs> few years. And we've just won 5-2 away from home. And a bit before that, we won 3-2 with two of them in injury time. So, yeah, I love this team. I love football. <laughs> I bloody love Stoke. <laughs> that, yeah. is, that is fair enough. And do you know who? what I love? <laughs> I love every single person who supported us Aww. during our Christmas appeal Oh, look at that for a seamless link. Was, um, I don't I don't know if people were aware, but um, when we finally have closed the Christmas appeal for Stoke Food Bank this year, um, we are am- amazingly have raised £1,341.83. And I genuinely cannot 
get over how ludicrous that is. When when Dave put that up, his aim was we'll put it at two hundred pounds. We'll see if we're able to do it. Like genuinely had no expectation mm. that uh, anything was going to happen with it. For that two hundred pounds to then be smashed within the first few hours. And then, all right, we'll raise it to 500. That's quite a hard goal. And then that was smashed. And we're now, as we say, £1,341. It's absolutely staggering. And thank you to everyone who donated. Like, it's it's incredible. And I cannot emphasise how grateful I am for everyone who's done that. Um, it was a fantastic way to, to end 2019. Um and I'd love to do stuff like this in the future. Again, thank you, anyone who donated, no matter what. Um, it really, really does mean quite a lot. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yes, thank, thank you so much. You're all excellent, excellent, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful people. <laughs> yes, wonderful, wonderful people. And Stoke yes. are a wonderful, wonderful team today. Yes. <laughs> we'll see what happens happens <laughs> next time. Uh, what is our next fixture? Is it the? Oh, should we should we have I a quick? That. You did um, have that. I did Sorry. have that. And then, I will uh, tell you. I work wrong. Oh, it's Brentford, isn't it? Because we're oh, in the stupid night. cup against Brentford away cup. North London team. Well, Just don't bother. Yeah. So I don't feel unless we win. Unless we win, which is. <laughs> Uh, which will be great. I don't feel like I really am. I'm too fussed about the FA Cup. The the next game that I think is important, as everyone else does, Stoke versus Millwall on the 11th. Now that game How? is going to be fun. Millwall now in sixth place. The return of Gary Rowett. How are we <sighs> playing them again? We played them like two days yesterday. Ago. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Oh. It, it's Should we all get snakes? Do you think that'd help? <laughs> maybe, maybe. It's a, <laughs> it's going to be a, a fun fixture, that. I didn't realise Millwall were doing quite as well as they are. Um, yeah. But we... Home fixture. Here's hoping, you know? Here's hoping we can do some... Oh, then we're away to West Brom. Oh. <laughs> That's oh, all right, God. Chris. We always beat West Brom in 2020. Oh, man. Oh, dear. Oh, New Year, um, listen, uh, listen. New Year, <laughs> new us. Okay, we can do this. It's po- new positivity until next week. Yeah, Sheffield, Sheffield Wednesday were third when we beat them in the ninety-sixth minute. So Ex- exactly, them, exactly. We beat Chelsea that time in in a game. So listen, if we could beat them. We can we can beat anyone. And now look at Sheffield Wednesday in seventh place, mate. Seventh place. What well, what's happened to them? Falling down yeah. the ladder. We're going to do the same to you, Millwall. We're coming yeah. for you, and your boss who we would throw snakes at, but you weren't a snake to us. No, he was. He was. He just said one really bad thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, how I'm dare you pick on him? How dare you pick on Bojan and whatever? Oh, what an idiot, though. yes. Also, the football was a bit dreary, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Let's not let's not revisit. Let's talk about Northern Ireland. No, in fact, let's, <laughs> let's not. Let's go. Let's wrap up let's this podcast go immediately. Happy New Year, Tony. Happy New Year. Very Happy New Year to you, Chris, and Absent Dave and everybody else. Just Happy New Year, everybody. Isn't it wonderful to win a game of football and score five goals? Oh, my God. Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you 
everyone once again for all your support in 2019. Let's make 2020 a really good year, even if the football goes off, which it won't because it's all new us, new positivity. It's going to yep. be great. Happy New Year to you all. And most most importantly, go on Stoke.